Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty. Here we go. It is great to have you in. We are absolutely packed today. Mike Guido here with you. It's Guido's Gridiron Blitz. On the Landry Football Podcast Network, Matt Catarizzolo joining me as well as he will do on every Friday. Matt, it's great to have you with us, buddy. Thank you for keeping me company in an otherwise very lonely hour for myself. Happy to be here, man. I appreciate it. So um, plenty of stuff to hit on today. Uh, I do, however, want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You'll see it. It's going to be right there. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, that's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those, you've heard of them. You sign up, and you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page. And get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. So um, let us begin today, Matt, with uh, with this. So Urban Meyer, I, I want to touch on the coaching uh, hires that we had in the past couple of days. Uh, first, I want to touch on Urban Meyer because I think there's some rough speculation about whether or not Urban Meyer is going to be that guy in Jacksonville that takes Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, there is at least some sort of, like, questioning going on in that realm. I don't really view it as a possibility. What about you? Well, I mean, just first of all, that would be an absolutely ridiculous first move as, you know, not only uh, your first NFL head coaching job, but correct. just look at it this way. Urban Meyer is, a, is an extremely capable, successful college coach. Everywhere he's been to, they've improved Florida, Ohio State. There's been success. So with when the Jacksonville Jaguars fired Doug Marone, that opening to me was the most enticing out of all the head coach openings. Number one overall pick, loaded with young talent. The the Jag the Jaguars obviously were horrible this year, but there's still a lot of young raw talent on that roster. Number one overall pick, the most cap space in the league. So any coach that was going to go there was going to have a lot of decisions to make. But those decisions are not exactly the most difficult ones. A lot of them are laid out right there in front of you. So the speculation that you know, it, it, it can all be smoke screens and, 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 and strategies that people are trying to, that, that Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville organization could be trying to implement by saying that they're not really sure. You know, he's, he's talked about Justin Fields, talked about Zach Wilson. It's Trevor Lawrence. Do they, it's, it's impossible to mess this up. If right. Urban Meyer's first decision or the Jacksonville Jaguars' first collective decision after hiring Urban Meyer with the number one overall pick, and they don't select Trevor Lawrence, off to a rough start. Very rough start. 
Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100%. The only time that Urban Meyer has ever been, the, or I'll say this, this is the, the worst season that Urban Meyer has had as a college football coach was in 2010 with Florida when he went 8-5. and five. That was his last season in Florida. That's the, that's the worst season he's ever had. It, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, all of them. It, that was his worst season. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is a good hire by Jacksonville, especially to the point where Jacksonville, or I shouldn't say Jacksonville, but the NFL as a whole is moving more towards the college style of play, right? Like you're seeing a lot more spread offenses. You're seeing a lot more three, four wide receiver sets. You know what I mean? Like a lot of shotgun, a lot of... Like th that's the NFL now. A lot of mobile quarterbacks. That's what college football is. Okay, so I think Urban Meyer can do that. And one of the things that Urban Meyer is really great at is making adjustments. So, with that being said, I don't think that he would just take Justin Fields just for the sake of be him saying, "Okay, well, I coached him and I know better." I don't think that Urban Meyer is that. Urban Meyer's not an idiot. He's because <laughs> imagine trying to sell to your fan base saying, okay, you have this generational talent, and you say, oh, well, look, I coach Justin Fields. Trust me, he's better. Like, it better work out then. Like, <laughs> there's no way around it. So uh, the Urban Meyer hire as a whole, I think, is really, really good. Again, making adjustments. The NFL is moving that way. You understand, like, Urban Meyer, if there's one thing you know about Urban Meyer, is that he can absolutely coach this game, right? Whether it's at college or the NFL level, you you know that he has some sort of impact on players, especially young players. So to me, this hire is really great for them. I was actually surprised that he took it because I, Urban Meyer retired from coaching. He left Ohio State. You know, like I, I didn't think like unless it was the Dallas Cowboys where they're the biggest brand in the world right now in sports, then I don't think he would have taken a job. But he goes to Jacksonville, who's one of the losingest NFL franchises in the league. I'm surprised he even took the job. But what are your thoughts overall on the hire, Matt? I like it a lot. And and um, yeah, the, the hesitation with maybe taking a job with with a, a franchise that hasn't exactly had a, a glamorous history like the Jaguars isn't exactly all that enticing. But I mean, with all of the things that I mentioned before, makes that job more attractive. Number one overall pick, seventy one million dollars in cap, a plethora of young talent. There, there's attractive features about that job. So, like I like I mentioned earlier, I think that when the Jacksonville Jaguars fired Doug Marone, when that coaching job opened up. Name me a team that has more potential if the right moves are made. Right. And, and the first right move thus far, I think, what was hiring Urban Meyer. I think he's, he's going to do a good job. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. The, uh, I'm, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, the first year or two is going to be rough for them because, like, quite simple, their roster isn't good. Like the Jacksonville, they emptied it out over the past couple of like trading Jalen Ramsey, losing Calais Campbell. Like they just like they trading Yannick and Gakwe. Like they they just they completely like got rid of everybody. Ronnie Harrison's gone. Leonard Fournette's gone. Like there's nobody there. It, they're, it's they're all gone, right? So they come they have to completely rebuild this roster. They only have a couple of like exciting young players, you know, that may or may not turn out guys like CJ Henderson and Caleb on chase on and like James Robinson, the running back. I know a lot of people like, like, but that's really it. Like maybe they like LaVisca Chenault. Okay. But you know, it's just, you're, you're not really going to be working with a lot here. And then you get this generational quarterback. Do you think that there's at least some sort of a possibility? Like, where would you put it on a percentage standpoint of this working and this leading to Trevor Lawrence either busting or wanting out somewhere or Urban Meyer retiring in two years. Like, like what, where do you put the possibilities of this works and this just totally falls flat? Right. Um, I think we can, we can compare it to another situation that we just saw this season. When Justin Herbert was selected to the chargers, I was elated because 
in my opinion, the Chargers have one of the best well-rounded rosters on both sides of the ball. There's offensive weapons everywhere. There's pro bowlers on the defense. There's no way he could fail. And the Chargers just found ways to lose games. Maybe it was coaching. Maybe it was another reason, but it certainly wasn't Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was the consensus rookie of the year. He broke the the rookie passing touchdown record. So so I don't think this is going to be an indictment on Lawrence's on Lawrence busting. Um, it's going to take time. It's not going to be an immediate turnaround. They're not going to win the division. They're, they're in, they're in a tough division. They had to compete with Indianapolis also, uh, and, and Tennessee. So it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to catapult to the top. Um, yeah, but, but a lot of things you mentioned before, I, I completely agree with, they completely unloaded. I think miles Jack is the only remaining defensive player from that 2017 AFC championship roster. I think you're right. So uh, to insert Lawrence, as great as he is and just think it's going to be an immediate turnaround and they're going to have a positive record. I don't really see it. You know, first a new head coach, a lot, a lot of young talent, which has negatives and positives. There's not really a veteran presence on that team. So uh, it is going to take time. Uh, I I think the Jaguars maybe eke out four to five wins this year. Uh, But I, I do believe that even with the depleted amount of weapons around him, Trevor Lawrence this in 2021 will be a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think, well, the potential is certainly there, right? Like if you, if you really just look at like, what are the flaws in Trevor Lawrence's game? Like maybe, right. like maybe it's ball placement on, on a consistent level or something like that, but that develops even more. Like you saw it with Josh Allen, right? Like, and I think Trevor Lawrence is a lot better than Josh Allen, at least as a prospect he was. So more polished, like, definitely. I, Right, exactly. And to be honest with you, Trevor Lawrence has had better coaching throughout his life than Josh Allen did too. Right. I mean, there's a difference between coming from Clemson and coming from Wyoming. So, you know, it's just, I think it's a little bit different there. But I agree with you. I, look, I, I don't think that there's a person in the world right now that would say that Urban Meyer's a bad hire. Like, I, I just, I don't. Go, and the people that I, that I think would say that would be the guys that don't believe in college coaches uh, coaches coming to the NFL because they think it'll be, oh, well, Nick Saban failed in Miami or something like, like some sort like Chip Kelly failed in Philadelphia. Look, I, I just I'm just saying like the more the NFL is moving towards that style of play, the more college coaches are going to succeed. Right. Like like Cliff Kingsbury had a negative coaching record in in college football. And I got news for you. He's not the problem in Arizona. Like he can actually coach a little bit and him and Kyler Murray fit, I think perfectly. So I do think that there's a little bit of something there as well. Do you think that like, do you think that other teams were calling urban Meyer? Like, were they saying like, was he the number, like the, the, the most coveted option or no? I don't know if he was the most coveted option. I'm sure that uh, teams that have head coach openings, when they found out that Urban Meyer was interested in making, uh, you know, his, his NFL head coaching debut, I'm sure that they that piqued their interest. Uh, but to build off of what you were saying before with, with college coaches translating to the NFL, think about whenever a, a head coaching opening uh, emerges in the NFL, what what's the who's the first name that always pops to somebody's head? Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Why is that? Because his. His offense and the way that his play calling, his schemes translate directly to team to the the way the NFL is moving today. It's right. it's it's the borderline blueprint for the next you know the ne- the next kind of generation of of quarterbacks coming into the NFL. Um, so I I think he once that becomes more apparent, then teams are going to start making serious offers to more guys like Lincoln Riley, maybe. Maybe Dabo Sweeney leaves Clemson eventually. You know, again, these are all just hypotheticals, but right, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, teams were were interested when they when they found out that Urban Meyer uh, was making his way to the NFL. And you're exactly right; it's it's not a bad hire. It's a it's a safe hire, and it all will fall on the crux of the development and his ability to develop Lawrence. Well, there's it's like a security blanket for me, right? Like if if you're the Jags front office. And let's say Urban Meyer doesn't work. Okay. You fire him after a couple of years or he retires after a couple of years. Like, can't you can sell it to your fan base as like, okay, 
we hired Urban Meyer. Like, like he's definitely good at what he does. You know, <laughs> like, like how the hell were we supposed to know that him being as winning as he was right in college that he was going to fall fat, uh, fall flat in the NFL. And again, like the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence mix, I think like that becomes one of the best like coach quarterback combinations in the league, just from like Urban Meyer's experience and winning this as a coach and Trevor Lawrence's raw, pure developmental talent. Like it's just, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan today, I think you're, you're pretty excited about your future. And again, but this is the expectation. Okay. Like, and I think people really need to understand this. Jacksonville is not going to win the division next year. Okay. Like Jacksonville right. might not win the, uh, win the division in year two with Trevor Lawrence. They might not. Okay. This could take three years or so to really get the, the wheels moving again. Cause this is a bad roster with, without a, a ton of talent and especially in the right places, right? Like you just need, the, you need time to make this work. So if Jackson, like the goal for Jacksonville next year should be, okay, let's not go one in 15. Okay. If we can go four sure. and 12 next year, I think that's somewhat of a success. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go five and 11 next year and you get the sixth overall pick or something like that next year, then I, I think that's a success. So, but I agree with you. I don't think that there's a chance that Urban Meyer takes Justin Fields. Like that conversation, I think, needs to end because there's no possible acceptable explanation for it. There's the, like, and I understand that Justin Fields outplayed Trevor Lawrence in the Sugar Bowl. I get that. But like, I don't think anybody thinks for a second that Justin Fields is a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence, who has been compared to Peyton Manning. Like there's just, there's no, for, there's no way. There's yeah, just no, no way. way. So uh, let's move to the other one. So Robert Sala last night, late last night, I was over at a buddy's house playing poker uh, last night when I was, uh, when I found this out, Robert Sala signs a five-year contract to become the next head coach of the New York Jets. Robert Sala has never at any point in his career been a head coach of any program, college, or professional. He's been in the league for a long time. He was a defensive assistant from 23 years old at Michigan State, uh, went to Central Michigan at 25, Georgia at 26, and then from then on, it was all professional. He was a defensive intern in Houston, went to defensive quality control, assistant linebackers, defensive quality control under Pete Carroll in Seattle, then worked for Jacksonville as a linebackers coach. And then from 2017 to to you know, before yesterday, he was the 49ers defensive coordinator, which uh, most people know him as. So I said yesterday, so you and I were uh, were able to interview Martin Gramatica yesterday. And Martin Gramatica played under two incredibly good head coaches in John Gruden and Tony Dungy, right? Like those were, those are some of the better head coaches in NFL history, uh, or at least some of the most iconic NFL coaches. Tony Dungy being great, John Gruden being everybody knows who he is, right? right. But one of the things that I asked Martin Gramatica was, like, I've always said on my show that having a head coach, their most important job is to instill culture, right? Like, with Joe Judge with the New York Giants, the Giants were not a great football team this year, but that also was not a talented Giants roster that had a lot of injuries over the course of the year, and you could tell that they were competing against teams that they had no business competing against, right? There was just a shift in culture. Daniel Jones did not have a good year last year, and somehow the Giants were still remaining competitive. That's coaching. That's culture right there, okay? John Gruden, like I said, did the same thing in Tampa Bay. I think he's doing the same thing in Las Vegas right now with the Raiders. But there's instilling culture. One of the things that I think you can be confident about with Robert Sala is that he's going to do the same thing. He's going to instill culture. He's a fiery personality. Players love him, right? Every defensive player on the San Francisco 49ers that has played under him in the past four years can say, this guy is absolutely unbelievable at what he does, right? So in my eyes, again, like, it's almost like I like the hire, but it's almost like I don't, like, it didn't sit well with me because I didn't see it. Right, I didn't see Robert Sala and the Jets coming together at any point. I couldn't have predicted it. Your thoughts on the hire? 
what do you what do you think? Yeah, definitely a shock. Um, I don't think the the Jets and Sala had any prior connections before uh, you know firing Adam Gase. But I I I will I'm going to agree with you 100 percent that this was definitely a culture hire. When when Joe Douglas made the decision that was inevitable to fire Adam Gase after a nine and twenty three record with the team, yeah, he I, in his eyes he wanted to find the polar opposite of what Adam Gase was. Right. Adam Gase was not a leader, not a motivator, not an energetic person, not, not someone that coach. not a player's coach, not someone that the team could rally around. Okay, Robert Sala is the polar opposite of that. He is a motivator. He is energetic. He does have a fiery personality. He is someone that that both sides of the ball, the entire team can rally around. Richard Sherman endorsed him like crazy. And you're right, that entire 49ers defensive unit gave a credit to Sala with their success, especially with their Super Bowl run last year. Um, so I think teams are going to start when when head coaches head coach openings start to open up more and more i think teams are going to start looking towards hires like sala hires like joe judge where they're going to kind of not so much focus on offensive or defensive expertise they're going to look at personality they're going to look at uh, their ability to instill a culture their ability to motivate the team their ability to put the team in the right direction you know instill a mindset within the players you know failure is not an option we're going to compete hard for 60 minutes. We're going to do everything that we possibly can to be competitive in this football game and take it on a week to week basis. Right? So I think Sala and Peter Schrager, I I wrote, I read a report by Peter Schrager this morning that Sala wanted the Jets job just as badly as the Jets wanted Robert Sala to take the job. Wow. So that's really exciting. If if you're a Jets fan and now he's, he's bringing on uh, the, the 49ers passing game coordinator, Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt, uh, the head coach of the Packers, to be the OC of the New York Jets. So with that tandem for, for Salah's energetic personality, he's going to elevate so many players on that defense. Watch, watch players like Quinn Williams have a huge year next year. He gets C.J. Mosley back. Uh, Bryce Hall, their young corner. Ashton Davis. Davis and Marcus May, their two young safeties. A lot of pieces to work with on that defensive side that I think is going to take a huge leap. Um, I don't, I didn't, prior to this, I didn't love uh, defensive head coaches taking jobs of teams that already have lackluster, or that's putting it nicely, dead last offenses. Yeah. We, we saw it with, with Matt Patricia, who was in, in a complete and utter dumpster fire in Detroit. Uh, but I don't look at it the same way with, with Robert Sala. I have much more confidence with Robert Sala taking the Jets job than I did when Patricia took the Lions job. Well, yeah, it's it just because again, like it's not just like Robert Sala is a defensive like a defensive coach, but it 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 feels like it's more than that, right? Because it's not just a guy who knows defense; it's a guy who knows how to get your team to rally behind you, right? right. Like it, it, and you brought up a good point, right? When when the Jets hired Robert Sala, it's like they were hiring the polar opposite of Adam Gase, right? Like. They, Adam Gase effed up the culture so bad in New York, right? They needed the guy, like they needed a guy that was more importantly just going to write the ship, right? It, they needed somebody to go in there and, like that first day in the building, okay, things are going to be different around here, you know? What I mean? Like, and I think that the players can can get around that. Not many players in the Jets organization, I'm not sure any of them did, liked Adam Gase, so. Here's the other interesting part, because it's funny how we're going from number one pick to number two pick, right? I think the draft starts at the number two pick. I think we could say that right now, because there really isn't. And again, it's early. It's January 15th. So the draft is in three months. So there's going to be a lot of time. But right now, it looks like the, there's no like certainty to what the Jets are going to do with the number two pick, whether they trade it, whether they use it on a quarterback, whether they use it on something else. What, like, th- There's no telling right now what they are going to do with it. Adam Schefter yesterday said on ESPN on SportsCenter, he said that he is predicting, this is not an official report or anything like that, but he said that the way that he sees it, he's predicting now that Robert Sala is the head coach of the New York Jets. He predicts that they're going to move forward with Sam Darnold and try to field offers for the number two pick. So 
And again, I think that's the direction they should go in. I like Sam Darnold. I think he's got a ton of talent. I think with a culture change and some weapons, I think he could uh, he could succeed, maybe turn the ball over a little bit less. Like, I think there's a real shot for him. Because again, if you're if Sam Darnold doesn't work and you're going to be that bad again, you could just take another quarterback. Because you have to ask yourself, like, how much better is somebody like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson than Sam Darnold as a prospect? Like, I'm not sure... Like, they might be better, but, like, are they that much better? Where you can just, you know, set, instead of trading the number two pick and having Sam Darnold and get a slew of future draft picks and whatever, you trade Sam Darnold for a second or a third round pick and you're just, you know, dealing with it. So the way that I see it is, you know, if if Robert Sala's plan is to keep Sam Darnold around, restock this franchise with draft picks even more than they already have, and you know, you know, have as many assets as he can to build a roster that he wants. I mean, that's a huge plus for Jet fans today, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I totally agree with you that the draft starts after Jacksonville inevitably will take Trevor Lawrence. And like I said before, with um, head coach openings in terms of attractiveness, I had the Jets right behind Jacksonville. Ton of cap space, ton of young potential. Uh bunch of draft assets, you know, from, from the Jamal Adams trade, they got two first round picks already. Uh, I think it is smart if they do field offers for the number two pick, I think with the right call from the right team, that's willing to move up. uh, They should 100% consider it. And once more, I'm going to double down on what I said last week. It is, it is the smart decision to stick with Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't believe Sam Darnold's been given, been dealt a very fair hand in the NFL thus far. Um, I don't believe he deserves the Josh Rosen treatment. Hopefully he doesn't suffer the same fate. I do believe that the the Jets are doing the right thing here. Uh, it's just going based off of what I've heard, uh, based off of what what we've learned about Sala in the past couple of years. He's not a I, I, he's never been a head coach before, but I don't see him as a come in and blow it all up guy. Um, I think right. he's gonna he's gonna see what we have here, assess the situation, and say, okay, we can build here. Let's just make the right moves. Uh, I think, yeah, if you're a Jet fan, you should be totally confident that Salah is going to be the guy that's going to instill that type of culture. And once more, I love what Joe Douglas has been able to do. Yeah, he they whiffed on Adam. He was not Adam Gase was not his idea. Adam Gase was not a Joe Douglas hire. No. That was, a, that was, a, that was yeah, that was a McCagnan hire. So Joe Douglas has done nothing but if he fleeced the Seahawks for a trade for Jamal Adams, these are great moves. So uh, Joe Douglas made a, a great call with, with hiring Sala. Um, in terms of the draft, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. There's a, a ton of options, trade back, uh, draft Panay Sewell, get Sam some extra protection. They have that pick at the end of the first draft. They have a ton of cap space they could sign free agents with. There, there are so many directions that that the Jets can go in, and and Salah's going to be a part of every decision. So that should make you comfortable as, as a Jets fan. They have to be in the wide receiver market, don't they? Definitely. Like, they Definitely. Have, like, bring in Kenny Galladay or something like that. Like, sign Chris Godwin to something. Right. Just, like, because, again, like, I had a buddy text me this morning who's a diehard Jet fans, uh, Jets fan, and he said, I don't know if I've ever wanted a player more than I want Devontae Smith. Like, and he's a Jet fan. He's like, right. I would be perfectly okay if the Jets took Javante, uh, Devontae Smith at number two. And as good as Devontae Smith is, I don't know if he's a number two pick. I'm not sold that he's the best wide receiver in the draft yet. Right. But, like, it just goes to show you, like, there are a lot of Jet fans, a lot of them. This is not like a traditional, like, quarterback given a bad shot and then everybody you know the the fan base is just like you know what we just need to start over i don't think that this is the jets right a lot of jet fans in new york are saying yeah like if you just gave sam darnold some protection maybe a running game and a wide receiver to throw to then maybe he'd be able to work out and maybe a coach who isn't a complete moron then maybe he'd be able to work that's the attitude but like jet fans i don't think have given up on sam darnold because you see those glimpses of brilliance, right? Like right. there are some throws that Sam Darnold makes that makes you go, wow, like mm-hmm. that, that's ridiculous. So I agree. I think it's, a, it's a good move for the jets to uh, keep Rob, uh, or I would say hire Robert Sala. Cause you know, he's not an idiot, mm-hmm. right? 
You know he isn't an idiot. You know that he's going to change the culture. He's a guy that the players are going to get along with. He's gotten such rave reviews, right? Like you got like the reason you hired Adam Gase was because like you had this impression that he wasn't terrible in Miami, right? And then which was obviously wrong because now Ryan Tannehill's a real quarterback as soon as he got away from Adam Gase. Right. But, like, but he also worked with Peyton Manning, right? And that was where he got his reputation. Oh, he he brought up Peyton Manning and all that garbage. Like, it's just, it's it's nuts. So the way that I see it is, is that Robert Sala, def, despite the fact, and I agree with you, it, defensive head coaches, I think, are a lot riskier because, like, you bring in the offensive guy, you're at least getting some creative play calling that, you know, might be a little different. You're getting a new offensive playbook that could be interesting, right? Like you're the Sean McVay's, the Kyle Shanahan's, the guys like that. But Robert Sala is a guy that will instill a culture in the building that the Jets desperately needed after the absolute <laughs> dumpster fire that was Adam Gase. So, yeah, I don't think anyone remembers 2013 Peyton Manning and says, well, don't forget, he had Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator. Yeah, so right. I think exactly. he deserves some credit. Right. I, I, you don't throw fifty-five. You don't throw fifty-five touchdowns. You don't only throw fifty-five touchdowns because Adam Gase is your OC. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, before we move on, I do want to remind you: don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. You sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from 100 bucks to 1000 bucks. Okay, that's a lot of money. Make sure you take advantage of that while it still exists. 100 bucks to 1000 bucks in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. So um, we covered that. Uh, a couple of more things on the coaching front uh so it looks like because we both i think you and i both think that urban meyer and robert sala are good hires so both of these franchises are two for two right now um i think that so arthur smith got offered the job for atlanta the offensive coordinator for the tennessee titans which amazes me because matt lafleur was an offensive coordinator for the tennessee titans a few years ago like the what is it about the Titans offense that makes everybody want to hire their offensive coordinator? I don't get it, but there's that note. And then it looks like this is coming in just now from Rappaport that the Detroit lions are really pushing hard for Dan Campbell as their next head coach, the uh, head coach assistant to the new Orleans saints. So any thoughts on that? Arthur Smith, Dan Campbell, Arthur Smith to Atlanta, Dan Campbell being the favorite for Detroit. I honestly thought that Detroit was going to be Robert Sala's landing spot. Me too. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that sort of dynamic there? Yeah, I think after Sala is, was off, Sala and Urban Meyer both off the market, I think the most popular name right now in terms of possible head coaching candidates was Arthur Smith. We've yep. seen just what he's been able to do in, in just two years with, with Brian, the type. Yeah. Yeah, with with the with the tight with the Titans offense. Yeah, we've seen the 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 leaps they've taken. I mean, Matt Lafleur did a great job too, and that's what landed him the Packers head coaching job. So uh, Arthur Smith has, has seen similar success with the Titans offense. I mean, him and Vrabel have completely revitalized that entire franchise. Now they're a, a formidable playoff threat. Not this year, but they're a formidable playoff threat in the past couple of years. Um, in terms of landing spots, Atlanta is a tricky one for a couple reasons. Atlanta is 30th in cap space for 2021. Not a a lot of flexibility there. No, there isn't. Uh, They have an old aging offense. Matt, Matt Ryan, Julio, Todd Gurley's young, but he's got, he's, he's got a a degenerative knee problem. That's not going to get any better. Uh, Calvin Ridley is really the only young piece on that off. I, I like Hayden Hurst. He's good. Uh, Malachi Zacchaeus is, an, is a nice piece, too. They have interesting pieces on the offense. That's not the problem. They're in an extremely tough division, but they also hold the number four overall pick. So, another head coaching opening within the top five. I think they're a heavy favorite 
to draft a quarterback. I think they would be smart to do so. That doesn't mean move off Matt Ryan immediately. That doesn't mean bench Matt Ryan and then start whatever, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever they may end up drafting. Right. But Matt Ryan is still a productive quarterback. He's not washed by, by any, any stretch of the imagination. He's not a scrub. He's still a productive quarterback. He can still succeed in the NFL. Just the, the, the Falcons offense has become stagnant. It's, 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 it's just been a downward spiral since, since their Super Bowl appearance. Right. So this new head coach is going to have a lot of input to decide a move that's going to determine the next five to 10 years of the trajectory of this franchise. Right. What do they do? Do they trade Julio Jones? There are still teams out there that is that are going to want a player like Julio Jones. I mean, say, yeah, what, I that's the move. say what you want about age. He's Julio Jones. I mean, the Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Players that teams that would want an elite wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers of all time. I get a first round pick for Julio Jones. Yeah, it's not that's not out of out of the realm of possibility. No. So I think that's that's definitely something that that they could consider. Um I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what what's going to end up happening. I, I could see Arthur Smith fitting in with Atlanta. Um, they have a ton of problems all over the place, though. They have a weak defense. They have again, like I said, they have a, they have a stale offense. They always just find way to lose games. Hire a guy that fixes that problem, and there might be not one solution. It, it's got to be a series of moves. Again, it's going to be like Jacksonville. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going right. to be a, a, a slow, gradual process. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just, I like, I don't know if there's an immediate fix there, right? Like, the, I don't think that there's an immediate fix in Atlanta. It's just, you know, you're dealing with a, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You don't, like, your secondary's terrible. You have no pass rush. Like, it's just, like, there's, and you don't have any prospects in there that could really turn, like, you drafted A.J. Terrell in the first round. Like, he's your most promising young defensive player. Like, right. that's a problem. Like, you can't. Like just just roll forward with that, and then you're right on offense. They're old. Todd Gurley at running back, right? <laughs> like Julio Jones at wide receiver. Like as talented as some of these guys are, they're old. Matt Ryan. Now look, I, if I were them, I wouldn't move off Matt Ryan because I think Matt Ryan's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. But like even on offense, like who's your running back behind Todd Gurley? You don't have one, right? Calvin Ridley, as good as he is as a young wide receiver, can't be the only one. Like you just, they have so much, like it wasn't that long ago that Atlanta had one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, right? It was like two years ago or something like that, where we were all saying Atlanta's the favorite in the division and their roster's ridiculous. And now it's not that like they just, they whiffed on everybody. Vic Beasley turned out to be a bust. Tack McKinley turned out to be a bust. Like, like all of these guys that they drafted with really high premium picks and, you know, spent a lot of money on, they're just, they're not working. So I don't know if there's an immediate fix. So Arthur Smith, you know, they have to evaluate is Arthur Smith, somebody who's going to come in and call good plays, or is he going to be somebody that's, that comes in and revamps the roster, right? Is he going to have a good eye for talent? You know, like, I don't know if, if that's who he is. I don't, I don't know that much about him. They have to evaluate that for, for themselves. Yeah. Right. If you're, if you're in the Atlanta Falcons organization, you can't hire a guy that has a creative playbook and that's it, right? You need to hire a guy that, that can somewhat rebuild your roster with talent, at least a little bit. Like I think that that's the way to go there. I, I, I just, I don't know if, and again, Arthur Smith might be that guy. I just, I, yeah. They have to figure that out for themselves. I have yeah. no idea. I mean, uh, again, they have they have trade pieces. I mean, they draft a they draft a, court, uh, a young quarterback. They could trade Matt Ryan. I mean, they could trade Matt Ryan to to a, a win now team like maybe San Francisco. They could trade him to I don't know maybe, maybe Denver Indiana. or something. Yeah, like that. maybe Denver, maybe Indianapolis. You know, there there's a bunch right. of there's a bunch of places that I'm sure would would prefer Matt Ryan to the the guy they have now. Right. Uh, but you're exactly right. I don't think implementing Justin Fields or Zach Wilson into this offense is going to put them over the top, is going to propel them into, you know, competing. They're tied up a lot with dead money. They're paying Dante Fowler Jr. $48 million. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad, it's, it's a bad situation right now, but uh, I think they made the right decision to let Dan Quinn go. Uh, I think he's better suited being a defensive coordinator. So um, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did in fact move forward with Arthur Smith.
Yeah. By the way, speaking of Dan Quinn, I absolutely love that hire by the Cowboys. I do too. I, I, like I said, I, I think unbelievable hire. Right. I think he's 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 way better suited as a coordinator. I I agree. I agree. He was great in Seattle, and he was good for a while in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not like Dan Quinn was a disaster in Atlanta. Dan Quinn went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Right. So, you know, it wasn't a total disaster till the end when their players started getting older and their defensive players started regressing and you know it wasn't a total nightmare so okay um let's get into some playoff games so um first game on saturday is rams packers packers right now sit at seven point favorites um the packers haven't played in two weeks they got the first round by uh, the Rams getting the surprising win over the sea uh, over the Seattle Seahawks uh, last week. It has been reported. I think it was reported yesterday that John Walford has been ruled out. Jared Goff is going to start at quarterback for the Rams, and Goff might not be fully healthy. I mean, that thumb might still be right. big and sore, so the ball might not be coming out of his hand too clean. I mean, this feels like a like. Uh, almost a for sure win for the Green Bay Packers at this point, right, Matt? Yeah, uh, I I do like the Packers more uh, in this matchup, but I'm going to tell you right now, the two most important players in this entire game are on the same side of the ball on the same team. It's Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Right. What Jalen Ramsey, if Jalen Ramsey can do to Devontae Adams, what he has been able to do to number one wide receivers all year, including DK Metcalf more than once, it's going to be a very tough night for Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Donald can create pressure as, as effectively as he does, going to be a rough night for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Now, obviously, defense can only take you so far. Your offense has to score points. So, yes, Jared right. Goff with his injury. I mean, John Wolford went to the hospital last week. So, you know, obviously, hope, hope he's doing all right. But, right. you know, Jared Goff with that thumb is, is, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to, to create you know, off to create explosive plays. Maybe he's going to have a little bit of trouble throwing the deep ball. Um, uh, they're going to, I think they're going to rely a lot on, on guys like Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers kind of establish that running game really well. Green Bay is not great at stopping the run. Uh, so I think this is going to be um, a very interesting game. Uh, I will still give the edge to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is still an MVP candidate. So I'm going to take Green Bay here, even though I think it's going to be a tough night for Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think that there's a possibility to uh, that it's a tough night too. Jalen Ramsey has like, and Jalen Ramsey was always really good, but like, there's been a bit of a resurgence with him a little bit, right? Like, like there was a point where people kind of doubted Jalen Ramsey. They get the Rams gave up a lot to get him, and like, I mean, Jalen Ramsey was struggling for a while, and now he's just kind of come back and reminded everybody why he was. Uh, I, I guess the the why the Rams traded that much to go get him. Uh, but yes, I, I think you're right. I think the Rams defense is going to keep them in this game. However, like I just look, I just don't think that that offense for the Rams is going to be any more than one dimensional. Like uh, Jared Goff, I expect to have a really rough day, and it's not because Jared Goff sucks. It's because Jared Goff's hurt. Okay, like Jared Goff should not be playing football today. Right. Shouldn't be okay. The, no doubt in my mind that Jared Goff, if if they had any more quarterbacks available that weren't Blake Bortles, okay, like Jared Goff would not be playing in this game. And if it wasn't a playoff game, I don't think it would be Jared Goff either. So I think that's a big part of it, also. Um, but I look, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is. Uh, it's you know it, it could be potentially a tougher day for him because if Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Devontae Adams all day and Devontae Adams is struggling, there's not much more talent at wide receiver that Green Bay has. You know, and I've all, I've said that from the beginning. Aaron Rodgers needs some more talent on the perimeter just so Devontae Adams isn't the only guy you have. Right. So I think if there's anything that's going to keep the Rams in this day, uh, in this game, it's going to be Aaron Donald. It's going to be Jalen Ramsey covering Devontae Adams. I think you're exactly right on that. Uh, but I do think the Packers win this, uh, win this game. And, and again, you know, like I, I don't think that there should be really any doubt with that. Like the Rams are really short handed right now. Cooper cup is coming off an injury. Like it's just th- their quarterback isn't at full strength. 
and honestly, the Packers going into the playoffs were playing as good a football as anybody in the league. Like they were unbelievable at the end of the year. So I just don't see a shot for the Rams here. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to say 31 17 Green Bay over the Rams. I like that. So, uh, Second game on Saturday, the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Uh, two and a half point favorites are the Bills. Uh, look, uh, when the playoffs started, the Bills were my Super Bowl pick. Um, and I'm not really straying off that. I, I do like the Bills in this game uh, because, again, like it, chances are it's going to snow in Buffalo. And I don't like if Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball even a little bit, then the Ravens offense becomes really one dimensional. And I think that becomes a problem. I like the bills in this one. What do you think? Yeah. The snow is going to play a big factor. Lamar said the other day, he's never played in the snow before. So uh, I think the snow doesn't exactly bode well for quarterbacks like Lamar right. uh, mobile, you know, run first quarterbacks uh, offenses with one of the worst passing attacks in the NFL. Uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy, an easy day for, for Lamar Jackson. If it was 75 and sunny, you know, it would be different, but it would still be difficult. You know, you throw in snow on top of that. I mean, these are the Bills. The Buffalo Bills are used to playing in, in weather like this. You know, right. they, they almost thrive in it. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Lamar struggles in this game, even though I think he's he's super motivated right now. Uh, a big win against, against Tennessee. I think that was a, a big statement game for him, but I still think this is going to be a little too much to, to overcome for him. So I'm going to have to take Buffalo here. Yeah, you know, I feel like Buffalo and Baltimore are actually kind of similar, right? Like th- their offensive lines are good. They run the they run the ball well. Their coached. defenses are both good. They're right. They're both well coached. They both have quarterbacks that play a very similar style. The, I think the big difference for me is that Buffalo traded for Stephon Diggs and Baltimore didn't. Like right. th- it's just like Baltimore. It, you know this as well as anybody too. Like. Baltimore's weakness is their lack of perimeter playmakers. Right. They're just like Hollywood Brown's a nice player, but when he's the best wide receiver you have, that's a problem. Yeah. It's just, they don't have the playmakers on the outside. Like Mark Andrews is not going to be enough at tight end, right? Dawson Knox is pretty good on the Buffalo side too. So you're like, you're not really, you don't have that advantage. I think it's a, a much tougher task for Lamar Jackson than it is for Josh Allen this weekend. And again, like, let's just pretend for a second. Let's pretend Baltimore wins this game. And I guess, you know, it depends on how the game shakes out and what, you know, the exact numbers are and everything like that. But, like, just hypothetically, if the Baltimore Ravens do win this game against Buffalo, like, the narrative about Lamar Jackson not being able to play in the playoffs goes away, right? Like, it it kind of has to. You're saying if he wins this game. It, right. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I, I think, I think beating Tennessee suppressed it heavily. And yeah. I think this would definitely lock it away forever. And it's, you know, it's, it kind of sucks to think about, uh, you know, I listen, I love Patrick queen. I think he's, he's, he's going to be a really nice player, but when they opted to draft defense, when they clearly had needs on the offensive side of the ball, they, you know, they, they did take Dobbins the next round, which was a, a great pick. I think he's, he's going to be an, another really productive player. They already ran the ball really well. Yeah. Right. They're a phenomenal rushing team. And I think when exactly what you said before, I think when you look at the parallel between Buffalo and Baltimore, Buffalo passes the ball just as well as Baltimore rushes it. Right. But could you imagine if they drafted a guy like Justin Jefferson over Patrick Queen last year? Or if they drafted a guy like CeeDee Lamb? If they were available, could you imagine? Were, exactly. You know, it's it's you know, it's those it's those fun things about the draft that, that you like to think about. But yeah, I think yeah. I think Baltimore here, but and I and and you know, on the other side of the coin that you just you just mentioned, I think the uh the, the playoff narrative about Lamar gets a little bit worse. Yeah, uh, you think if he loses, if Lamar lo- if Lamar loses this game, then the the narrative about because like like Buffalo's the favorite, right? Well, yeah, but again, uh, that's why I said it'll it'll get a little worse with with choking in the playoffs or whatever. You know, th- there have been parallels. I, I know Max Kellerman this morning made a parallel to to Paul George to Lamar Jackson in the in the postseason. Oh, come on. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad, but like I said, there's going to be Lamar a lot of Jackson throws the ball and if he. If he throws eight for twenty three, then yeah, fine. 
but that's that's right. not and again we'll 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 see how he does in the snow. Hey, who knows? Maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll excel. I doubt yeah, it, but we'll right. see. Yeah. Well, look, uh, snow it gives you, you know, kind of an idea of like whoever runs the ball better has the advantage because you know that nobody's going to be throwing the ball for 500 yards in the snow. Right. right? You just know that that's not going to be the case, but unless you're, Bra- unless you're Brady. But, right, unless right. But I, I think this is different. Because they both play so similar. Josh Allen's had a better year than Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen has better weapons than Lamar Jackson. You can argue that the Bills' defense is better than Baltimore's. Like, it's just, sure. like, Buffalo has a lot of advantages in this, and they're at home, and they're in their own weather. It's just, like, if you're picking Baltimore, it's because you like Lamar Jackson more than Josh Allen, in my opinion. Like, that's just the way that you see it. So the way I yeah. see it is 23-19, close game. 23-19, Buffalo gets the win. Uh, so, first game on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in this game. It's a big spread. Wow. It's a big spread. That, Vegas, is predict, uh, Vegas is telling you, the odds makers are telling you that th- they think that Kansas City is going to roll them. Mm-hmm. Um Chiefs obviously had the best record in the NFL at 14 and 2. Uh probably would have been 15 and 1 if they didn't throw the last game of the season, but um you know I feel like this could be closer than people think. There's some sort of fire that Cleveland is playing with right now and that matters, Matt. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, I think uh, one of the biggest factors in this game is going to be momentum. The Chiefs haven't played a down of football in almost three weeks. So, and and, and uh, the Browns have been absolutely rolling, riding a really high wave. They are fired up after Pittsburgh. And you know, I think the Browns players are seeing what Juju and Chase Claypool have been saying. Like, oh, Chase Claypool saying, "Oh, it's fine. They're going to be. They're going to get clapped next week. They'll be right here on the couch next to me." You don't think right. they're, they're? You don't think they're listening to that? You don't think they're yeah, using they're that? So I think the the that's going to be a huge factor in this game is going to be momentum. Uh, yeah. The, the having said that, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You know, no one they've been rested, uh, which could affect them positively or negatively. We don't know. We've seen it go both ways in the NFL. Um, but I think that uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, the Browns are super motivated. Um, but I, I do, I don't think, I think Kansas City is going to pick up right where they left off and just, you know, play that dominant style of football that they've been playing. I think, uh, but I think it will, I think you're right. I think it will be closer than, than uh, Vegas is giving it and closer than a lot of people think. Yeah. I, th- I think that, um, look, I'm going to take Kansas City in the game, but I, I think that most people are looking at this and saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes is rested, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are rested, like, they're going to be ready to go. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played in three weeks. Yeah. like He legitimately has not played a football game in three weeks. It's a long like, time. That, it's a long time. He hasn't played since 2020. Like, <laughs> he legitimately, I'm serious, like, that's a lot. There's a difference between being rested and being rusty. Right. Yeah, I think definitely. that there's a legitimate chance that Patrick Mahomes and maybe some of these other, you know, again, well-rested Chiefs players are rusty. Because yeah, it, like, it could backfire. They took one week off. They take they took two weeks off. Like they are, they might be a little rusty. Baker Mayfield and the Browns right now are riding the high of rolling Pittsburgh in their own building, and after right? The Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on their logo and all that crap, right? The people didn't think we could win because we beat them narrowly. Like we beat their backups by a narrow margin. And then you roll them in their own building. Like the Browns are feeling themselves right now. So I do think based on pure talent alone, and because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is Andy Reid, I think you can't pick against Kansas City right now, but do not be surprised if Cleveland makes this a football game. Uh, do not be surprised if this happens. Um, can't you also think, you know, and this might be just a stupid thing to throw out there, but don't you think it is perfectly possible that the Browns could lose in a very Browns way? Like, <laughs> like, a, like, a, field, like a field goal? 
Like right, double do- like Cody Parkey double doinks again or something like like that would be tragic. Wouldn't that be awful? Like I, yeah. I I really hope that doesn't happen. I hate to see it. But look, Cleveland runs the ball better than Kansas City. Yeah, their defense is comparable to Kansas City. Like it is not something that is a total mismatch. The only thing that really is a mismatch is Patrick Mahomes a lot better than Baker Mayfield. That's yeah. it. That's all, and the coaching advantage, right? I, I, think, mm-hmm. I think most people would take Andy Reid over Kevin Stefanski. But look, the Browns didn't really need Stefanski last week, and they still rolled rolled the Steelers. Yeah. So i I think it's possible. I'm going to take Kansas City in the game, but I do think it's going to be close. What did I say? Thirty seven. Yeah, I said thirty seven twenty nine. Kansas City. Like it's. It, I think it's going to be high scoring a lot of back and forth, and then Kansas City just takes it at the end of the game. Like, that's the kind of game I predicted to be. Man, I wish Ode- Man, I wish Odell Beckham Jr. was healthy for this game. Well, you know what? I almost, I almost am glad that he's not. And the reason I'm saying is because, like, it is statistically obvious. That they're better without him? They're better without him. Like, they, they just are. Yeah, Baker right. Mayfield is a better quarterback without Odell Beckham. That's, and that's nothing against OBJ. I'm just saying... Like the numbers for Baker Mayfield are so much better without Odell Beckham. They just are. You think he's a Brown next year? No. Where do you think he goes? I don't know. Green Bay. Yeah. I'd love tell there's no other quarterback in the league. I think deserves a talent like Odell Beckham Jr. more than Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think there's a, a quarterback wide receiver duo. I would like to see at just the the hypothetical thought of Ben Aaron Rodgers and Odell. You could see, it. I could see it, I could see it. Oh man, would that make he, me happy? He would definitely be the number two, though. Would he be okay with being a number two? I think so. I think he was the number two already in Cleveland. I think Jarvis Jarvis had him beat in receiving yards and receptions. Yeah, well, that's something that you and I believe. But do, do the you think OBJ thinks that he's the number two to Jarvis? I don't know, man. I mean, they, listen. They, I don't think they're they're boys. I think if they just, you know, were. I think if yeah. they were. I think if they were just teammates, it would be different. But you know, there, there's yeah, they're best friends. There's, yeah, right. there's, there's deeper history there. All right. Okay. So I got Kansas City. So so far, we're in agreement on all three: Packers, Bills, Chiefs. Uh, so this this might be the game of the week, right? Tampa Bay and New Orleans in New Orleans, three point favorites of the Saints. Uh. This is Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. This might be the game of the week. Uh, what do you think, Matt? I Very mean- hard to beat a team three times, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think New Orleans, they made statements with, with going 2-0 and against against Brady in the regular season with an absolute rout uh, in the second game. So I think that this is going to be – a very tough game for if if the Saints can pull this off, if the Saints can actually complete the complete the three peat and eliminate the Buccaneers, they're immediate favorites in the NFC. Now, do I think that it's going to be easier for or not easier? Do I think it's going to be more of a challenge for Tom Brady? No, no, I don't think it's going to be more of a challenge. I think if we just mentioned motivation with the Cleveland Browns. You know, there's anyone in this entire playoffs that's more motivated right now than Tom Brady? Is there any quarter? Is there any quarterback that feels like they have anything more to prove in this playoff in these playoffs than than Tom Brady? Probably not. No. Probably not. No. So I, I don't know. I, I like the Buccaneers a lot. I like the Buccaneers a lot in this, but I I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game for for either team. Uh, both have stout defenses. Both are exceptionally coached. Both have two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game under center. Formidable running game, great weapons on the outside. These teams are mirror images of each other, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a showdown. Uh, very close, very close. But I'm gonna give the slight edge to the Buccaneers. I say 41-35 Buccaneers. I don't think I can live in a world where the Buccaneers win this game. I, just, I, I don't think I can. Well, because I'm so sick of it. I just am. I'm sick of the crap. I just so sick look. of Tom Brady. I, I like the Saints because not only did the Saints beat the Buccaneers the last two times, they walloped the Buccaneers the last two times. So I get that it's hard to beat a three a team three times, but the Saints have manhandled them in every fact. They just match up well. 
Yeah. Okay, the Saints run the ball better. Their passing game is comparable. Their defense is better in New Orleans. Their coaching is better. Like it's just, and it's going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be in their building. Did right? the Saints so, even have? Did the Saints even have Michael Thomas when they played the Buccaneers last? I don't think so. That's I don't think so. That's yeah. the thing too. Is their number one receiver didn't even play. So I like the Saints in this one. What did I say? 27-24 New Orleans. I think it's a close game. Uh, but that does it for us. So we got so you're on the Bucks. I'm on the Saints. That's our only differing opinion. We're both on the Packers, the Bills, and the Chiefs. So that does it for us. Matt Catarizzolo, Mike Guido here with you. This has been Guido's Grin Iron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. We'll see you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.